0: Good morning. Welcome to No Expectations, the podcast have a special guest today, uh, Sujata is joining us. She's a contributor to the website, uh, noexpectations.me as a blogger, and um, she's been on a spiritual journey. I've known her for a number of years, was once a student of mine, I guess continues to be a student. Yes.
1: Of course. Always, always a, a student.
0: Always a student. Yeah. Um, so welcome. Uh, maybe l- tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, your journey with uh, spirituality.
1: Thank you, Andrew. Um, my name is Sujata. Uh, just a human being trying to do the, do the best that I can in this lifetime. Uh, one of my mindsets is I obsess over learning. I love to learn. And currently I am learning a little bit about Ayurveda, which is um, the ancient Indian uh, medicine, kind of like ancient Chinese medicine. Mm-hmm. And I'm reading a textbook by Dr. Laud, who is... One of the uh, gurus of Ayurveda, um, he, he wrote a, a series of textbooks on it, and I'm amazed at how many times spirituality comes up right. in his textbooks.
0: So for those who, 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 you know, who listen to the, the podcast and don't know much about Ayurvedic medicine, um, how does that play um, into the yogic discipline? Because like, in, in, for modern Western yoga, we don't really think about the medicine part of it, right? Mm-hmm. Most of us, and, you know, here on the podcast, we try to dispel this idea that yoga is just physical work, right? Mm-hmm. We're talking about all levels of the discipline. Yeah. Where does the Ayurvedic uh, medicine portion come into uh, the yogic discipline?
1: <laughs> it's funny because one of the first things he says in his textbook is um, the purpose of human life is to get to know oneself mm-hmm. um to become one uh right. with the divine and with yourself and to be able to do that you need to have a healthy body right and that's what this is all about is right. having a healthy medium to be able to um get deeper in touch with yourself
0: right and so from an ayurvedic standpoint just for those who don't know what that is um it's you know not only it's eating right, understanding your body type, mm-hmm. understanding things that aggravate and also help your body. Yeah. Explain yeah. that more to me.
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of coming full circle. You know how there's a lot of talk about individualized medicine currently in modern science. Ayurveda was thinking that way thousands of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, they knew there were different body types and different mindsets. And the Ayurvedic physician would really get to know you, you as an individual, before they would prescribe medicine to you. So they would get to know what your mindset was currently. What are you going through in life? Uh, what's your natural constitution? You know, are you? Um, you know, they they kind of classify into three broad categories. Sort of the fire. Uh, personality that, that has, you, you can almost see them, you know, natural redheads are the fiery personality because they have a lot of heat inside their body. Mm-hmm. Then there's kind of the air personalities they are usually kind of tall, thin builds, um, and tend to kind of have a lot of energy and um, airiness about them. And then there's kind of the heavier earth personalities yeah. so they, they had kind of classified in those three broad categories and then they would bring it down to the individual level to see how those three elements kind of came together in that particular individual in mm-hmm. different amounts
0: right and then so <clears throat> let's say uh, I had a a condition and I went to my Ayurvedic practitioner or doctor mm-hmm. and I say, like, Hey, this is what I'm struggling with. Mm-hmm. They figure out what kind of body type I have, uh, continue, you know, and with that information, they kind of prescribe a series of supplements or natural herbs and, and mm-hmm. medicines and maybe some yoga asana. Yes. Uh,
1: yeah. yoga asana, pranayama, yeah. uh, supplements. Sure. Uh, but oftentimes they would delve into your diet and, you know, what you can or cannot eat, how you should be combining food, what times of the day you should be eating, your daily routine. So they would really look at the whole picture to try and understand what was going on before they would get into prescribing medicine. Right.
0: So um, we can, we probably should have just an episode about that one day. Mm -hmm. Uh, I appreciate you, you know, talking about that and your journey with that. Um, I look forward to maybe talking more about that. In the future, um, so I think really, what you wanted to talk about today was maybe some some questions that came from uh, the website and people who follow mm-hmm. us on social media, right yeah, uh, maybe people in your experience that you meet who come to you and say, "Hey, I have a question about you know my spiritual journey, and I think right. most of them come down to the idea of meditation, right
1: right yes, so so I, I wanted to read an excerpt from the textbook that I was talking about, because it relates to meditation. Mm -hmm. And it kind of um, is a good segue into the questions I'm going to ask you, if that's all right. Mm -hmm. Okay. so it says, when people use meditation solely for stress release, they frequently have problems with it. As they try to be quiet, many thoughts and feelings come to consciousness, and they become disturbed. I think that that's so true for so many people. And I think a lot of the conversations I've been having around the website and the comments that come in kind of talk about that. You know, people come and say, I've been doing yoga for years, but I've never meditated. How can I start? Mm -hmm. Or when I sit down for meditation, all I get is, you know, my mind going in 10 different directions and then I just feel like I'm doing a bad job with meditation. What would you say to those people?
0: Well, there's a lot there to unpack. Uh, you know, we've talked about it in other episodes uh, about meditation, and it really starts with creating a ritual, like you know, uh, making a concerted effort to attempt every every day, or twice a day, or three times a day, or whatever that is for you, in very small amounts, um, just to just to create that that space for you to, uh, experience what meditation is. Um, and then once you've been, you're firm in that, um, you need to kind of realize that, um, the mind's sole purpose is to create thought, right? And as we sit down and we're still, our mind does what it does, it creates thoughts. And we have this tendency early on in our meditation uh, practices is that we start to try to like put thoughts into buckets like this is a good thought that 's a bad thought mm-hmm. this is a good thought oh i shouldn 't be thinking that mm-hmm. oh, I should be thinking that I should be thinking about sunrises and i shouldn 't be thinking about dark thoughts, you know, and that becomes problematic for us as become meditation because we 're actually not uh, we 're too focused on prioritizing or segmenting thoughts when we should just be sitting there. Letting those thoughts arrive and then letting those thoughts dissipate and not always trying to work everything out. Um, But it goes back to like starting small, right? Sitting, seeing what happens, noticing the thoughts, and then going from there. But it is about um, uh, showing up.
2: Mm -hmm. I
0: think that's the first place to start. I don't believe in... um, like putting a timer on for 20 minutes and saying, I'm going to sit here for 20 minutes, hell or high water. If I struggle for within the first five minutes, then there's no need to stay.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Say I did great for four and a half minutes. That's enough today. I'm going to try again later or I'm going to try again tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But continuing to show back up. And I think that's where most people struggle is the continuing to show back up because they get mm-hmm. uh, disillusioned after the first or second try. Like, oh, I, I, I stink at this. Yeah. I stink at this, and it's not a good or bad situation. It it just it's a situation like you put yourself in it and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that's my thoughts on that. Yeah. Start small.
1: Um, I I struggle with ritual. Mm. I like change, um, probably because I'm one of those air personalities. I I like uh, to kind of fly away a bit, so I struggle with sitting in the same spot every day. Like sometimes I think, Oh, it's nice outside today. I should go sit outside or Oh, it's rainy today. Now today I just want to sit in bed and meditate. What do you, what do you prescribe for that?
0: I still think you have to go to the same spot. It it becomes like um, learning to um, train a muscle if you you know, if you continue to go to the same location and face the wall or the window or whatever that is, then you just create like strength in that muscle. And then <clears throat> over time, yeah, you could be sitting in the middle of the airport and decide if you want to sit down and plop down to meditate because it becomes natural to you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when you sit uh, at home in your in your regular location. You're focused not on just on the posture. You're starting to bring attention to your breathing and then learning to, I I don't like to use the word, manage your thoughts, but recognize your thoughts Mm -hmm. and then kind of create your toolbox there, you know, create your ability to um, uh, find some success, if you will. Mm -hmm. And then you can take that to other locations. But again, it's about showing up repeatedly seeing what happens and then, yeah, sure. You can add that later. You could sit mm-hmm. anywhere,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but it's not always about variety. There's some safety in the ritual, right? Uh, and, and so why, why push against it?
1: Mm-hmm. So having some boundaries for yourself, yeah. at least at the beginning is important.
0: I think it's, it's really important. And, and it's always that, that tether you can always go back to mm-hmm. like, that's my spot. And now I'll say that to a lot of students when they're getting started. Um, you know, find your spot in your house, wherever it is, regardless of how small your place is, find that one little place that is exclusive to the meditation practice. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not where you do your yoga asana. It's not where you, you know, um, work, Mm -hmm. you know, it's that one little place that can be sacred to you. Mm -hmm. You don't let the dog sleep on your, Mm -hmm. (laughs) your spot. You know, that's your thing. Mm -hmm. And you, the sole purpose in your, in your home is to is to be that place of, of, of quiet mm-hmm. and stillness.
1: And it becomes sacred.
0: Yeah. So.
1: Mm-hmm. Can I, can I lie down and meditate?
0: Uh, I don't really recommend it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that becomes, uh, this place where we end up falling asleep, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, from a, uh, a, a Zen standpoint where, you know, as a, as a meditator mm-hmm. we want to sit correctly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we, we, we wouldn't get into that conversation here, but I think it's also important to stay that you're, you're still aware, you're still conscious of what's going on around you. You're still conscious of your body and your breath mm-hmm. uh, by sitting. So mm-hmm. you can find that comfortable seat, whatever that is. You can sit on a yoga block, you can sit on a, a, a Zafu, a bolster, uh, a pillow
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, to find that connection. But I think lying down is problematic because um, it's not a vehicle to fall asleep.
1: Mm.
0: that meditation should not be a vehicle to fall asleep
1: right. Right? In, so, in bed. Could I keep my eyes open?
0: Sure. Some people struggle with the idea of clothing their eyes or having soft eyelids mm-hmm. or looking, gazing at the floor. So sh- certainly, you know, mm-hmm. if that helps you visualize, if maybe you find a spot on the wall, you focus on that solely. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that can create a different sensation entirely. But sure, mm-hmm. eyes opener is fine.
1: And... Do I have to meditate in the same way every time? Like, let's say today I meditated by focusing on the in-breath and the out-breath. Tomorrow I want to visualize a loving-kindness meditation. Can I do that or should I just stick with...
0: Well, first of all, you never meditate the same way twice. Regardless, if you sit in the same spot, the same mm-hmm. position, facing the same location, mm-hmm. you never meditate the same way twice. Hmm.
2: Uh
0: if you've you know, I will I will never say there's a wrong way to meditate. There's thousands of ways to meditate. And I invite everyone to, you know, explore each one of those things. Find what resonates with you.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But stick to that. Mm-hmm. Uh for a while, I, you know, I get a lot of this, particularly younger uh, beginner meditators come to me and say, "Oh, there's this great app. You know, this app, right. app, app does right. this thing for me. I need this app." Yes, and I say that's fine, but at some point, you have to you know shed the crutch, and the crutch is the app is the crutch, hmm. right? It helps you get to where you need to be. It helps train that muscle, mm-hmm. but eventually, so let's say, you know, uh, you know all apps disappeared one day. Mm -hmm. Can you still sit and meditate without the app? Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Yeah, you can, but you know, those things need to disappear. Um, So find what works for you. So if it's, you know, a a guided meditation, um, you know, a breathing exercise that helps you find your state. But I think it's about repetition till you become comfortable with it instead of jumping around all over the place. Because if you continue to jump around, you're, you're going to be scattered. Mm-hmm. So you know, try your loving-kindness meditation for a week, ten days, two weeks, and if you're like, okay, I get it, but I feel like I'm not finding what I need, then then mm-hmm. let's find another another um, another way to meditate. Mm-hmm.
1: So, what should be the goal of meditation?
0: Nothing. <laughs> no goal. Huh. So that's. The trouble, right? That's where people get stuck mm-hmm. because they're like, "I don't feel like I'm getting any better at this," or "I feel like I've plateaued." Um, and what's where's where's the joy in that? You know, yeah. so you can't have a goal. But I mean, also, this is this podcast is called No Expectations.
1: So. <laughs> I know, but um, there's psychologists or psychotherapists out there that prescribe meditation to calm anxiety or stress, or, yeah, I mean, I just, you just read you, that. You
0: just debunked that by the quote and <laughs> start the I whole know. thing. Um, you know, again, it's not about meditation is not a way to escape. Hmm. Just as yoga asana is not a, a way to escape, you know, like we, we, you've been in enough of my yoga asana classes that I, I preface this, it's like, don't use this as a distraction. Mm -hmm. Use this as an opportunity to connect to yourself deeper. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people arrive there because they want to be told what to do, because Mm -hmm. they want to be distracted from their daily lives, because their daily lives are stressful and Mm -hmm. full of complications like everyone else's. Mm -hmm. So if I come into a class for an hour and have somebody else tell me what to do, I don't have to think about all the problems in my life. But it's not about goals. This whole process is not about goals. It's about uh, arriving with no expectations to see what happens. And there's the beauty in that, letting it open before you and seeing what happens. Because you might find something that you weren't expecting. I had a student ask me recently, he was like, I, you know ask how long do you sit and meditate and I always give a vague answer because I don't have a firm answer mm-hmm. I sit and meditate until I'm done
2: mm-hmm.
0: and he said well what if you feel like you what if you missed something
2: mm-hmm. what
0: if there was like you were on the, you're on the cusp of like this massive revelation in your own life and if you'd only stayed another 30 seconds you would have found it
2: mm-hmm.
0: I could spend my entire life thinking I'm at the cusp mm-hmm. and I'm about to break through but that's not where I am And so that's why I continue to show back up Mm -hmm. and see what happens. Because as I continue to grow and evolve as a human being, as this journey continues to unfold, uh, you know, it it expands, it contracts. I learn something new about myself every time. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So why show up with a goal? And also why shortchange yourself?
1: So then how do I know if I'm doing it right?
0: You're doing it right. Okay. I mean, there is no, you think there's going to be some, you know, uh, universal reckoning that it comes in and they're like, okay, we're here to, uh, audit your, your progress <laughs> here. <laughs> and so, all right, you get a gold star for this up oh, now that you are really lacking on your ritual to sit repeatedly. So, mm, okay, so you're going to, we're going to send you back down to remedial meditator 99 mm-hmm. because you're not ready to move <laughs> up. Right. Well, so you are, you're you're, you know, you're doing what you do, you're fine where you are, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's the part of this journey. It's like being okay, being in this moment. Mm -hmm. And it's not always about the next thing. Because I I find when people are always thinking about the next thing, they're not thinking about this thing they're in right now. And the beauty that is right now. And if you're always... Grasping for the next thing, you've just, you're just you just creating more discomfort, more pain for yourself. So why not be happy here?
1: Mm-hmm. A couple of more mechanical questions, if you don't mind. Mm. Um, can I drink alcohol before mm. I meditate?
0: No. Uh, that just creates a bad habit. I say the same thing about yoga asana. Mm-hmm. i say the th- same thing about any spiritual discipline. Like if you're going to mm-hmm. sit and meditate, you need to be clear. And your whole body needs to be clear. And mm-hmm. y- you can probably speak to that from more of an Ayurvedic standpoint. Mm-hmm. But anytime you're polluting the system, um, you have a tendency to create a bad habit
2: mm-hmm.
0: and and also diminish the experience. And, always, and then it becomes like a dependency thing too. Like, well, I had mm-hmm. this great thought in a meditation, Mm -hmm. but I was, you know, Mm -hmm. halfway through a bottle of red wine. Mm -hmm. So that's not the way we do this, right? So Mm -hmm. clear body, clear mind. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, on occasion, I partake in a glass of a glass of red wine. Mm -hmm. That evening, I don't meditate. Yeah, you know, so and the same thing for any other substance. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And it's not a judgment against any of that. If you feel like that's something that you want to have in your life Mm -hmm. by all means, but don't feel that that is the, and Jen and I have spoken about that in other episodes, it's not the, the gateway to enlightenment. Mm. So don't feel like you have to have that. And I know there's places around the world that feel like that is, but it's not.
1: Right. What about general like food? Like, is it okay to have a meal and then sit for meditation or do, do I kind of space that out?
0: Uh, I don't really recommend eating a heavy meal before you meditate. Mm-hmm. It has a tendency to uh, to make us drowsy. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, um, my experience is I like to meditate on an empty stomach. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're going to meditate in the morning, do it before you eat. If you're going to do it in the evening, do it late enough in the evening after you've digested your late meal. Mm-hmm. If you decide to meditate in the afternoon, do it before you eat lunch. Mm-hmm. Um, just so, because you don't want to fall asleep.
1: Mm-hmm. And can I pray during meditation?
0: Sure. Uh, you know, these, again, that goes back to... The variety of meditation that works for you. So mm-hmm. if you want to, you know, recite a mantra or if you want to think about a sutra or if you want to, you know, do breath work, you know, those are entirely up to you. Mm-hmm. Again, there's no right way or wrong way,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, in, in my opinion. I mean, there's there's some people who are very adamant, like, this is what you do and this is how you do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's about finding what, what works for you.
1: Mm-hmm. Great. Well, those were the questions I had for you. I would love to encourage our listeners to send in questions. Um so if you have any questions, you can send them to questions at noexpectations.me. Again, that's questions plural at noexpectations.me.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. And make sure you follow us on social. We're on Instagram, uh, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, And make sure to go to our website. Sujata's got some uh, great blog posts uh, up there about all sorts of things. Like, what was one you recently posted?
1: I'm a big list person, so most of my blogs are little lists. Little (laughs) lists.
0: I think that also helps with the the ritual thing, too, right? Having a list. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, make sure you go up to the website, noexpectations.me. Check us out there. Uh, and I look forward to having you back on um, the podcast. So we can discuss Ayurveda in, in, a, sure. in a deeper way. So I'm
1: I, still learning. You're still Very learning. New to it. We
0: all are. Everyone is learning. That's, yes. the, that's, um, that's the important part of growing.
1: Yeah. So if anyone out there who is an Ayurveda practitioner and I said something incorrectly today, please forgive me. I'm still learning.
0: We all are. And thank you so much. Enjoy your day.
1: Thank no you, No expectations.
0: Andrew. Thanks for listening to No Expectations, the podcast. We invite you to come join us and carry on the conversation at noexpectations.me, our new website, where we will be posting blog posts. We will link all of our episodes there, and you can uh, follow us on our social media sites through the website.